Welcome to the Legally Speaking Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Hanna. I'm delighted to bring you all the Fertility in the Workplace mini-series featuring Natalie Sutherland and Samaya Wisani. Natalie is a partner at Burgess Me, a family law firm and their first fertility officer. Natalie has experience handling surrogacy matters based in the UK and internationally. She deals with surrogacy, assisted reproduction law and donor conception. Natalie advises clients on co-parenting as well as known donor agreements. Recently, she's joined the Board of Trustees of Progress Educational Trust, a charity advancing public understanding about human genetics, embryology, and stem cell research. Samaya is the CEO and founder of Mimosa Fleur, a boutique executive search firm in the legal sector. Samaya was previously a family and divorce lawyer at Kingsley Napley and Russell Cook LLP. Samaya also worked as a senior consultant, specializing in legal recruitment with Magic Circle and US law firms. Whilst working with senior female lawyers, Samaya gained a unique perspective of how professional women view family planning. Also, how law firms are beginning to enhance their health packages to include fertility treatments. The mini-series will delve into how fertility in the workplace can be addressed more openly and how law firms can do a better job at acknowledging the challenges faced around fertility. The series looks into tackling fertility issues as a lawyer, in addition to family planning and becoming parents. In our last mini-sode, we will be discussing recruitment and retention and what lawyers or aspiring lawyers should consider when thinking about their conception journey or starting a family. We'll also look at career planning and things to consider when moving jobs at the same time as well as beginning a family. So Natalie, Samir, welcome back. Natalie, starting with you, why do lawyers leave firms when thinking about starting a family or after becoming parents? Actually, becoming a parent for the first time is life-changing, as I'm sure, Rob, you know, <laughs> just recently <laughs> becoming a father. So um, it can um, it can create all sorts of different feelings. I When I went back to work after having my daughter, I had to go back after 12 weeks. And that was hideous, to be honest. But I wasn't ready, but I, I didn't really have a choice at the time. So you're battling with guilt about going back to work. You're battling about guilt if you don't go back to work. So, so yeah. So if you're if you then leave a firm, usually it is because you want something better. So you want to be able to manage your now your career with being a parent. So I can imagine people moving firms for a work life balance uh, or potentially joining a firm if they have these fertility benefits that um, that you might not have at your current firm. Uh, Samaya touched on it before in an earlier episode about it being about retention. So being able to attract talent if you're a firm that that, um, that offers that. So there's lots of reasons why you would move to a, um, a firm if you were having fertility problems and they had fertility benefits and you didn't at your current firm. Yeah, no, great, great, great points as, as as always, Natalie. And Samir, I want to, to come to you. You know, what should lawyers have in mind if they're thinking of changing firms during this crucial time? I think they've, they've really got to have a very good understanding of what are their expectations? What are they wanting to get out of their move? You know, I think 
if if a move is just a knee-jerk reaction to returning from maternity leave, for example, and then not, not quite understanding or trusting themselves to be able to balance their existing job with their new life as a new parent, um, that doesn't always make the best foundation for a move. Equally, if you've got an individual who is in the throes of a very challenging fertility journey and they just feel that the environment they are in is just too high stress, too high pressure, the billables are unattainable, the hours are too long, the environment's too toxic, and we all know those sorts of firms and sectors. And therefore, they think, well, actually, if I drop down a couple of rankings and I move to a slightly different type of firm, take a bit of a pay cut, does that give me a little bit more latitude to be able to pursue my family objectives? Again, that can work, but I think one also has to keep in mind the extent to which that can sometimes bring resentment. If you are throwing absolutely everything, including the kitchen sink at your fertility journey, and you then take a pay cut, and then you take then take a drop in the firm that you are at, and then you feel that actually your professional life is suffering too, you're not necessarily coming to your fertility journey in the best way. You are coming to it with further you know, frustration, impatience, resentment, as I say. So I think you have to really make sure that you partner yourself with somebody that knows your market incredibly well, that can be your trusted advisor, that understands what you're wanting to achieve from a move. And actually, if the move is the right thing, you know, Natalie mentions quite rightly the um, the, the benefits of moving to a law firm, which can give you some sort of tangible fertility support, whether that be, you know, a financial resource or, or such other such other thing. And that, that's all well and good, but that's not always all, uh, immediately available to people once they arrive. There's usually a minimum level of service that one has to complete before being, you know, um, able to access those benefits. So I guess what I'm saying, Rob, is you, you have to have some very good considered reasons about why you're moving. And then when you do decide to make that move, you must know what your quantifiables are. You have to know what your value is. You have to know what you're bringing to the party. You have to have complete trust and confidence in yourself to be able to say to anywhere new, look, I'm moving and speaking very candidly, I'm moving for these reasons. But that doesn't mean I'm not absolutely committed to this opportunity. That doesn't mean that I can't bring to your firm and your team these specific expertise. I can deliver this client base. I can offer this by way of addition to your revenue. You know, I think it's all of those things. I think if you feel like you're walking on eggshells when having those conversations, you're, you're jumping out the fire into the frying pan. Yeah, no, really sage advice there, Samir. I couldn't agree more. And, you know, Natalie, just to, to build on some of Samir's points there, you know, what should lawyers be thinking about at their existing firm before, during and after their conception journey? I think having this conversation, realising what you want to do in terms of opening up about how much you want to open up. As I've said um, previously, you know, it is a personal personal journey and you there are people that are going to be much more open about it than others but understanding what your firm does offer so um so do they have uh, a fertility officer do they have hr assistance where you can so some firms do things like lunch and learn where they give training on um, on the fertility issues in the workplace so that all staff are better educated about uh, what is happening because even if you are you're working in a firm and you don't want you don't want a family or you've 
had it easy to have a family. You might have a colleague who um, is going through it and um, and having that support with around you of your colleagues at your level and above um, is invaluable, really. So um, so reach out if you if you need the help. And of course, we have to recognise that we need the help and have to be accepting of that help. And as women, that's often um, you know, difficult. But but this is why we talked about having this open culture so that people know that if they are having these issues, that they can confide in the relevant people or not as, as, as they want to, so that, so that they're feeling supported during their journey. Yeah, re- really good point. And, you know, m- making them feel supported is so important and not just maybe another number or, you know, an isolated case. So I um, really appreciate you highlighting that. And uh, coming to you then, Samir, should lawyers be thinking about family planning early on in their careers? Um, I, I don't think that there's ever specifically a time when somebody, I don't, I don't think it's as contrived as that. I think it tends to be a much more of an organic thought process. But what I would absolutely want to stress is that you should never be delaying your family planning for your career. Um, I don't think that's the right thing to do. And I think that however or whenever you choose to start your family planning journey, there are lots of things that if you're clever and strategic about it, you 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 can, you know, I don't want to use the cliche of you can have it all, but you absolutely can get to as close as that as possible if you're in the environment. So it's things like um, being mindful of how work is being allocated to you whilst you're um, pregnant. And are you seeing a change in the quality of the work that's being allocated to you? Is that because actually your supervisor is wanting to be very supportive and make, making sure you're not getting you know, overburdened with work that's going to mean you're doing a 15-hour day and actually preparing you for your maternity leave? Or are they working on some very lazy assumptions that actually you want to, you know, you're going to want to come back three days a week and you're just not going to have the the inclination, the ability, the latitude to throw yourself at your work as you were doing pre-pregnancy, pre-mat leave? I think what you also want to think about is if, if, if a promotion is very important to you, at what stage should you be pushing for that? There is absolutely no reason why you can't and shouldn't be pushing for that whilst pregnant and even on maternity leave, actually. I've seen some fantastic promotions at some brilliant firms in the city whilst people are on their first, second, third maternity leave. I think you've also got to be thinking very carefully about um, if you are looking to move Upon returning from that leave, again, there are a number of things that you you can do. And if, if you're partnering yourself with, you know, with a trusted agent that knows the, your market incredibly well, then conversations need to be had around things like, is there a financial penalty that you are going to have to pay your existing firm if you don't return from that leave? And if there is, then get your agent to have a very candid conversation with the new firm that you're talking to about effectively reimbursing you for that. You know, if, if, if you are going to be bringing something to them that they want and need and don't have, that they'll, they'll, they'll dig deep, they'll put their hands in their pockets. So it, it, it's all of these sorts of considerations that can mean there's never a wrong time to have a, uh, to have a child or thinking about having a child. It's just about how strategized and organized you are in your approach to it. Yeah. And again, fabulous points. Thank you so much for for sharing that. And, you know, that really will hopefully help lots of people listening in. I just want to to sort of jump back to you, Natalie, as an extension of that, where we're talking about family planning early on in, in careers, you know, is any stage too soon? And if not, you know, what should they be thinking and planning for professionally? Well, there's 
I, I was told, and I'm sure Samaya has heard this from other people, is uh, don't have a child until you've made partner. So, you know, you there is a lot of pressure on you to have achieved certain seniority before it is acceptable to have go off and have a child. But but that's not right. I, I would I think that um as Samaya said, you know, you shouldn't be uh putting off your family building for your career for that for just for that reason, uh, because you've got you've no idea how um how you're going to go along that road infertility secondary infertility you don't know that that is going to impact you until you start trying and if you um if you put it off um until later in your career then it's going to be potentially more difficult and we we've statistics are out recently that m- most women now are over 30 having um, having children than, than they were before so uh, so we are seeing women starting their fertility journey later uh but Again, having that culture that where firms acknowledge absolutely that your career and your family planning go side by side, should we hope give people the confidence then to be able to relax and start their family journeys when they want to, without having this added pressure of having to put it off for any perceived um, reasons, uh, because you know you want to do it at your own pace and being supported in the workplace helps that I think yeah absolutely and you you touched on you know firms there you know sticking with you Natalie what are you seeing market leading firms do given the widely accepted fertility struggles many established female professionals experience well we are seeing the bigger firms giving it um providing these fertility benefits um it's Coming across from America, I think we're seeing that a lot in all the big tech firms. Um, we are now seeing it in the big law firms. Um, it might trickle down to the, um, the, the smaller firms, um, but and, and then fertility policies as well. So we've talked about those. They are becoming much more widespread now. I hope that a lot, a lot more firms will pick up on those because st- um, the government, you know, they don't um, allow. Um, time off for things like IVF appointments. It's not like an employee an employee benefits um, by statute. So you're looking at your own employer for that assistance. And if you are putting that in, in a policy, uh, then you are signalling to your staff that you acknowledge that this might be something you need and we want to give it to you. So, um, so we are seeing that more in, in law firms and it's a really good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely a great thing. And so finally, Samir, what can, can't you negotiate when it comes to fertility and career planning? For example, you know, mirror maternity leave, sign-ons to support fertility treatment or to help women repay maternity leave penalties to the firm they're departing, you know, what, what can be done? Absolutely anything can be done. It just depends on the boldness with which your agent is prepared to negotiate these things on your behalf. You know, when I first started out doing this six, seven years ago, I would have thought twice about actually having some of these conversations. And now for me, it's an absolute given. So 
I have negotiated um, individuals to have maternity leave mirrored well before their 12 months. So I had a candidate over the summer of last year that was probably one of the very best at what she does in her field. Um, she knew that, my firm, my client knew that. Um, she was in the throes of IVF and we were hoping that actually upon her starting the new role, she'd be pregnant. So as part of her offer, not only did they agree to pay the uh, maternity leave penalty that she was going to have to pay her firm, but they also agreed to match exactly the same um, maternity provisions that her firm were going to give her. Now, interestingly, um, that made for some quite interesting discussion around, you know, would that mean that she's getting better maternity benefits than the people that are at the firm she's moving to, et cetera, et cetera. But it's all possible. You know, um, you've just got to be prepared to have the conversation and you've just got to know what your value is. It's all about making your your candidate visible. It's all about knowing what their elevator pitch is. And once they know what their elevator pitch is, they'll have that that candor to say, you know, I'm not moving unless you offer me this. Yeah, fantastic points, uh, Samaya. And that brings to the end our mini series on fertility in the workplace. We've covered everything from understanding why this is a real issue in the first place to recommending how law firms can do better, advice for career planning and how fertility at work coaching can make a real difference. So that just leads me to say, Natalie and Samaya, thank you so much for joining me throughout this mini series. I thoroughly enjoyed it. If people want to get in touch and get involved about future events what's the best way for them to do that coming to you first natalie burgessme.com um, is our website um, i'm on instagram as at the modern family lawyer and also on linkedin fabulous and samaya where can people find you and please do tell us more about your events so uh, my LinkedIn handle is Samaya Wazani and my firm is called Mimosa Fleur. Um, we are in the process of organising a number of other future events. Our Infertility in the City event last December was a huge success and uh, we've had so much interest from people wanting us to host a second, third, fourth. So all of that is in the making at the moment. As far as Natalie and I know, this conversation, the infertility in the city discourse is the first of its kind in the city. It's certainly on this sort of public scale. It's never been done before. And we're incredibly proud to be breaking those boundaries and really sort of pushing those frontiers. And um, this is just the very start, Rob. Absolutely. And you have our full support from all of us on the, the Legally Speaking podcast. So thanks so much once again, Natalie and Samara. It's been an absolute ball having you on and you've shared so many insights that are going to help so many people. But for now, from all of us on the Legally Speaking podcast, over and out. This week's review comes from James Moulton. Five stars. Robert and the team were absolutely amazing to work with and really professional. Can't wait to work with them all together again soon. Thank you so much for your very kind words, James. It was an absolute pleasure working with you too. And from all of us on the Legally Speaking podcast, we appreciate you.